the 10x developer is a myth. The true value of an engineer, or of anybody at a company, to be honest, is not just to be a good individual contributor, but to be part of a bigger, broader vision and help move everything forward. I don't want to work with a rock star. I don't have anything to say to MC Hammer. If I sit and try to work on something myself without any co-founder, partner, accountability buddy, you know, whatever, I, I get nowhere. You have to give yourself permission to be bad at the beginning of anything. Code talks, ideas walk. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Harva, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Today's topic, the 10x developer. So let's start off by talking about where the phrase 10x developer came from. If I had to guess, I'd say like about 50% of things on this show, it came from Spolsky. I don't think it came from him, but it was this idea that there were some developers who were 10x is more productive than others. Right. And that if you were a startup or any sort of high velocity, high acceleration mm-hmm. type company, you wanted to hire these 10x developers. Right. And the classic one was kind of the Max Levshin of PayPal. Oh, was it? Was he a 10x developer? Uh, that's that was the rumor. You know that if right. you hire these brilliant developers, throw them in a room with some Red Bull, your future is bright. Right. Okay. And you know you don't want to mess around with all the the 1x developers. Right. There's a lot of controversy. I see people complain on Twitter all the time on on Hacker News about like, are there really 10x developers? Like the the 10x developer is a myth. And I actually have no idea what they're talking about. Like it, it's I've been. My own 10x developer at various times. <laughs> like the, 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 there's months where like I accomplish nothing, and the, there's days where where I accomplish months of work. Yeah, and I mean, and then, then I think you also fall down the the phrases then of I want the rock star and the ninja. Oh well, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's definite problems of of rock star and ninja and, and the whole. Oh, pirate! Pirate is one that that's coming up now. I've never heard pirate. Uh, yeah, no, oh it's, my god! It's just, yeah, p- pick pick any sort of like. Um, Subject of of Disney movies that have actually terrible people behind them, like pirates and ninjas. Yeah, and I'll tell you my revulsion to these terms and exactly what you, that you said. Terrible. I don't want to work with a rock star. When I think about a rock star, I think about somebody who's late, who shows mm-hmm. up hungover, who maybe kicks around their workstation, who's a jerk to everybody else, and you're like, Well, well that, I, I think that, I think you're actually not, that's not who I want to work with. Well, I think you're actually maligning rock stars there. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, my, my I mean, I, I don't know very many rock stars or maybe any rock stars. I met Hammer once, but I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he he he's he's at all the uh, SV Angel events. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, so I did meet him. Yeah, I I saw him at the other side of the room, and I was like, I don't have anything to say to MC Hammer. I saw Hammer, and my friend went up to him, and I said, he said to Hammer, uh, "You were big when I was in middle school." <laughs> Just like the most shade you could imagine. Yeah. yeah. What, what did what did Hammer say? I get that a lot. Uh, that, that that must be a painful thing to hear all the time. Uh, <laughs> you were big when I was in middle school. Yeah. I don't know. It can go in the reverse. Like there's these cool pictures of Michael Phelps and Katie, who just got the gold medal at the Olympics. She's nine, and he's signing. Oh wow. Okay, that's cool. He he's signing an autograph for her when she was nine because she's you know 19 now and he's right, 31. Right. Uh, did did Phelps also win Olympics? Uh, Michael Phelps. I mean, this this Olympics. I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> yeah, he got a couple more gold medals. Ah, okay. Um, so there is truly then to tie this back. There are truly people who are 10x. 
Um, like Michael Phelps, clearly well, ten de- or a hundred times X. I mean, I think the allegation uh, or the problem that people have with the idea of ten X is that if a person doesn't feel that they are ten X, and, and obviously our industry is full of, of imposter syndrome, so very few people feel that they are that they are ten X. Then, then the implication is that they are one X, or they're the blub developers that that you want to avoid. I think even more than that, my revulsion comes from. I think the true value of any person on a team is to be part of a team. And then let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. Like I think there are sports like like swimming, like Michael Phelps, where you are a, a single performer. Mm-hmm. You train to go to the Olympics or the World Championships, and you sure. have your one or two minutes in the pool to shine. Mm-hmm. I think real life, when you're building software or building something, is the day by day by day grind of working together with a team and mm-hmm. collaborating and moving the ball forward in an infinitesimal inch every day. And I think that the, the skills you need for one versus the other are very different. I think the skills you need to collaborate and build something, to, to build consensus, to communicate, to, to, to build something bigger I, than I, yourself. I, I, I would say yes and no. Undoubtedly, to build something bigger than yourself, like it, it's it's not a one person job. Yeah, but you can carve out one person niches of it. So, like you know, in in the PayPal example, you know, th- there were other people right at PayPal, and they're very famous now because they're they're all ludicrously rich. So and, who who else just for the viewers at home? Uh, so so Keith Raboyce, who we mentioned last week, he was he was CEO there. Peter Thiel, Dave McClure, who's an investor in both of us. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Elon Musk. Not to mention David Sachs. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yammer and now Zenefits. Yep. Yeah, some some form of corporate takeover of Zenefits there, I think. Well, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? No. Oh. oh, it hurts. <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean to imply that there was any sort of corporate takeover. That that is not how it happened. So I've been called a ninja product manager um, in a complimentary way, and to be honest, I didn't really like it. Yeah, yeah I, I can't. I mean. Pe- pe- People identify with terms that they don't, and so if, if you call someone a term that they're not necessarily going to identify with, it's not going to feel that great, even though they probably meant some some very nice things when they said that. Oh, I mean, it was the founder of TripIt, and he was mean it, meant yeah. it as the highest compliment. He's right, like, right, Edith, right. Edith was a ninja, she did so much, and I'm like, right, right. I think of a ninja as somebody who goes around and kills people, and I'm like, that, that's not me. Right, right, right. I'm not an assassin. I mean, l- l- likewise with the, um, if, if you think about rock stars, they're like, the most disciplined people who got like to the very very top of their crafts and who like you know who have done things that no one has ever done before with guitars and synths and I actually don't know very much about music. I, I guess that's the way you think of them. I, I maybe maybe it's an American thing that you think of a rock star as kind of like a petulant child. Mm-hmm. Oh sure sure. I mean the, the, there are many petulant childs, but then you know there's also. Um, I'm trying. Um, what's the Coldplay guy? Chris Martin or something? Chris Martin. Yeah, yeah. Who's like supposed to be just the nicest, most down to earth human being on, on earth? I think people would question whether Coldplay really qualifies rock stars. But <laughs> I, 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 I think it's fair. Yeah. Also, I mean, he's incredibly disciplined. He, he practiced lean before lean was a thing. Like I remember a story about him where at concerts, you know, he'd be in these big auditoriums and they have the doors at the back, mm-hmm. and when the door opens, that means that people are leaving. You know, to go. Go get another drink or the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So any song where he saw a lot of the doors opening, he's like, "That's not a good song to be playing." Oh wow, okay. You know, because that means that people are kind of like, you know, the song is a he, holy. He money. had analytics on on his music. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. You know, because if it's a good song, you're like, "Hey, I'll wait another song for that drink." Yeah. When people talk about developers as rock stars, they 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 clearly mean the the, the people who are, who are able to do the things that that no one else is able to do. I think I think that negative connotation is. 
I, I don't know. I don't know why it necessarily has a negative connotation. I think it depends on who it is. I mean, they've done a lot of studies. There's a company Textio that just does analysis of job listings, and I think mm. Rockstar is a term that traditionally appeals more to men than to women. Oh, interesting. Okay, I would guess that there's also a particular kind of person for whom that appeals. Who is probably much on uh, much more on the extroverted side of things? Yes, uh, and developers traditionally don't like sort of isolate themselves from the the, the MBA type people, the the executives, you know, who, whoever the the out group is for for the traditional view of the introverted engineer. Yeah, I mean, so let's go into this for a second. I mean, I think the the true value of an engineer or of anybody at a company, mm-hmm. to be honest, is not just to be a good individual contributor, but mm-hmm. to be part of a bigger, broader. Vision and help mm-hmm. move everything forward. Sure, like if you're if you're working on your own project, but you can't coordinate with anybody else in terms mm-hmm. of, like, say, release notes, yeah, yeah, collateral, anything else that goes along with the release, that that thing is not actually valuable. Yeah, so I, I would say that that in in many companies and many teams, that there is a place for a 10x developer and and maybe multiple 10x developers. I've certainly worked with with 10x developers before, and. In any team, you generally have to recognize people's strengths and their weaknesses. So, if you have someone who, who's able to, you know, to, to put out some some form of extraordinary amount of code or, or quality of code or, or whatever it is that, that that no one else on the team is able to do, but other people have the strengths of like maybe maybe the 10x developer is a starter and not a finisher, or, you know, something along those lines, and other people complement that strength, then it can be a great thing to have on a team. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll say I, I truly believe my co-founder John is like a hundred x developer. I'm in complete awe of him. Oh wow! But I think he has other strengths too, besides developing, which is you know he can manage and inspire and mm-hmm. lead an engineering team. He can go give talks. Right, right. Um, so the, the, there's a funny thing uh, I find about PhDs. So John did a PhD in, in at Stanford in static uh, analysis and Berkeley, something. but yeah, Berkeley. Yep. Oops, sorry, John. And I find that in my personal experience, PhDs tend to fall in the categories of genius or idiot. <laughs> we talked and, about and there's like there's did we talk about this on the podcast? We talked about it briefly when Martine came in, but right, right, right. But right, we, right. we Martine talked so fast it was just kind of like a side shoot. Then right, right. we went off. So you, you get like Martines and Johns, and I know like a dozen more more the, people the, like this. The, 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 the Doctor Biggers. Yeah, yeah, and then you get like people who. Just are are complete idiots, and and you wonder how they they even got through college. Never mind uh, into a PhD program. And th- those guys get PhDs as well. They don't they don't finish with just a master's. No, like if you just keep working at it, you'll generally get your PhD. <laughs> it's it's kind of shocking. I have a friend who he uh, he was getting his PhD in philosophy, mm-hmm. and I, I at the time was the hard nosed engineer, and he a made doctor's a, of philosophy of philosophy. Uh, and he managed to fail out of his philosophy PhD, and I was kind of like, "What? <laughs> I'm getting an engineering degree, which is actual work. I, like, all you have to do is sit around and think." I think I think that PhDs are, are pure work ethic thing. If you maybe that was the issue. yeah, like if 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 you're if you're lazy or like you just don't have a good personal productivity, then you're not going to finish your your PhD. Like th- those are the people who drop out as masters. The people who kind of like do other stuff or can't really focus. Yeah, I, he went on to have a successful career. So, yeah, good for him. Eventually, so so the personal productivity I think has has this like large bearing into whether people are one x or ten x developers. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be very disciplined. I, it, so I, I I was just in Australia for a conference, and I I, I I by the way love getting out of the office. 
and talking to actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody had had an idea like launch Darkly, which I also like, but he had to execute on it. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. why? And he's like, oh, I'm a good starter, but not a finisher. Mm-hmm. And I think about, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about myself for a second. Um, if I want to do something, I'm incredibly disciplined to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I ran 100 miles, but I did not finish my first three times I tried. Okay. Is uh, are you saying that you're also a good starter and not a good finisher? No, I'm saying like every time I didn't finish, I'm like, mm-hmm. what can I improve on? Okay. Like so, once I got sick, I got altitude sickness. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how can I? Right. I really want to finish this. What can I learn and go on? I'm not going to give up. So I'm I'm the opposite. I I am a very very bad finisher. I'm very very bad at being focused, and I'm I'm great at starting things. I, I've started like dozens of things, and. The thing that made me finish Circle, or I mean, it's never finished, but you know what I mean, like get somewhere with Circle, was having essentially an accountability buddy. And initially that was my co founder, and then it became customers and, and investors and all that sort of thing. And then it got to a point where, like, okay, there, there, there's some form of accountability. But like without that, you know, if I, if I sit and try to work on something myself without any, co founder, partner, accountability buddy, you know, whatever, I, I get nowhere. Well, I think that gets down to intrinsic versus um, external motivation. How so? Like whether you're doing something because of the internal motivation and the pleasure that it gives yourself Mm -hmm. versus the fear of people mocking you or judging you by not finishing. Mm. Yeah, so I I definitely work on things that, that I have the intrinsic motivation and then when I lose that, there needs to be a push. Actually, you gave me a push once. I was running Western States 100, and I got really. It was really bad. I was throwing up around mile 40, and I thought about quitting. This was 60 miles to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, A lot of people were dropping at 40. It was a hot day, and then I was like, I don't want to write the email that I dropped. Oh yeah, yeah, that that that's a very useful one. Yeah, because I I thought about the email, and I was like, I don't want to send that email. Yeah. Uh, A thing that 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 used to I used to use for motivation um, was. My startup failed because X. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So like, my startup failed because I didn't know how to write the email to the investor. Yeah. Um. To or you know because because I couldn't get around to asking for the money. Yeah. Or because I wasn't able to to make the offer to the person in the time that they needed or or, or all that jazz. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to to go back to running, I think it's very valuable. I'm like, okay, I can run a hundred miles. I can. I can write this email. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my so my coach is Ann Trayson, who has set the world record literally for every distance between 50k and 100 miles. Fast lady, right? Yeah, and no doubt disciplined and all that jazz. And she's like, Edith, how do you do this CEO thing? Isn't it hard? I'm like, Ann, running 100 miles in 14 hours is hard. Okay, like writing a couple of emails, not that hard, right? It's it's interesting that like we we were talking about you know the the, the starters. And the people who who are unable to finish, but clearly in a team where they're combined with finishers or combined with people who can provide the right kind of extrinsic motivation, or the right kind of push, or the right kind of support, or or whatever that is, clearly can be much much more productive than if they were just starters by themselves. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that's the basis. I mean, not to sound grandiose, but that's the basis of human civilization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. Like. like Instead of one person going off and hunting game, if you get twenty people together, maybe you can herd your game and get more. The thing that I like about this is that is that it's it's filling in for other people's weaknesses. 
And recognizing that you might have weaknesses that other people can fill. Exactly, yeah. There is a a sort of a special type of 10x developer. Let's say um, the folklore 10x developer. And and these people actually exist. So so Richard Stallman is is one example of this. And you know the the story is that 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 he he went away to write a compiler, and you know thirty days later he had he had a working compiler. Well, like I said, the put the developer in the room with some Red Bull and see exactly what yeah yeah. But so the the thing is that a you know, Stallman must have been incredibly disciplined to to get this done. Like he. You know, the story was he was working like you know sixteen hours a day and sleeping under his desk and, and and that sort of thing. And frankly, if you put me in a room and I was you know working sixteen hours a day, I'm not sure I'd come out with anything. <laughs> like thirty days later, I'm not I'm not sure if if you'd have a compiler. And I know how to write compilers. <laughs> would you would you come out with a couple bald patches from like? I, I mean, I I think I think I'd come out with a, a lot of Hacker News red <laughs> and like you know inbox in zero. <laughs> You know, like just, just. I do think you have to be disciplined. Like um, when I bike cross country, I set myself a goal of biking a certain amount of hours every day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is my job now. So I would bike four hours and five hours and six hours mm-hmm. um, before I gave myself a break. So, b- but biking is a thing that you can. You don't really get distracted when you're biking by like a shiny thing. Oh, you do all the time. Oh, really? You're like, oh, there's a historical marker. Oh, maybe I should stop and check my email. Uh, oh, I'm a little hungry. Oh, that place looks good. Maybe I should go get a soda. No, okay, that's interesting. I mean, there's every reason in the world to stop. Right, right, right. My legs are a little sore. Any reason will will do. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, then it's it's exactly the same way when you're when you're developing. There's you know, the, the, there's a shiny little notification box. There's like I, I think I mentioned in previous podcasts. I have to turn off all my notifications. Yeah, I should really start doing that. I mean, I think HipChat and Slack. Yeah, t- t- turn it off. Check, check it every hour if you need to, and, and like get back to people. But like, I mean, the, the whole point of those things is that they're asynchronous. Yeah, it's it's funny they sent out. I, I hate it when people do at alls or at here in Slack. Mm-hmm. And I've been in some epic flame wars because I think Slack is still pretty new. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, well, my at all is important. Uh, at all, there are donuts in the kitchen. That that actually is an important one. Well, no, it's the, not. That, 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 <laughs> there, there is at every company, regardless of the number of people, like if there's 10,000 people behind at all and you say like there's donuts in the kitchen, everyone's like, okay, fair enough. Uh, I meant more that I'm on a lot of like I'd say loosely affiliated lists, like like uh, from my old accelerator. Oh yeah, and it'll be yeah, like yeah. at all, please go upvote this, and it's just like no, no, fuck off, yeah, yeah. The at all is for acts of God. Yeah, yeah. At all, there is an earthquake. Yeah, you know, read this quickly in the next thirty seconds before it hits. Yeah, and then the, then the flame war is like, well, it's very important to me. Oh fuck off! That you go upvote my product hunt or do this? Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, no. no. The, the, the no I mean, that, that should be at alled into something, uh, into some set of people who really give a shit about you personally. Well, if you have your own personal Slack and everyone on the Slack is like into you, that's the perfect place to, to <laughs> at all the, the upvote. <laughs> is, there, is there a Paul Slack somewhere? No, there's not. No, no. no. I, I think the general standard is. Does everybody get more value out of this than yeah. I get out of putting it? Like the right. donuts here, yes. Yeah, exactly, everybody gets right. more value than yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. Unless they get to the kitchen and the donuts are gone, then it's like this negative value where you, where you've taken someone out of their coding bubble. Because obviously, if you see the word donuts, you're you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, the, the compiler's not that important. It's it's a Homer Simpson esque response. Mm, no, it's it's built in. It's it's um, it's Pavlovian. Yeah, the caveman sort well, of Simpsonian. 
So do, the, do, do they have Simpsons in Ireland? Yes. No, it's 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 a proper like first world country. But let's get back to productivity. So, yeah. So I could not sit in a room and produce a compiler. And I see these bootcamp grads, right? So so the, the, I think there's a lot of um uh, people complain about about bootcamp grads and 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 that sort of thing and and maybe in a, another episode or another time I'll I'll say why I think that is and and how I think it's mistaken. But in a bootcamp the thing that you're doing is you're literally you know, today we are writing a Twitter. At the start of the day, you will have nothing, empty project, or you can clone the last one, or you know whatever the hell, whatever the hell it takes. And at the end of the day, you'll have a working Twitter. And if you put me in a room and you asked me to make a working Twitter, I'd be investigating like six different uh, you know web servers and and you know what's the right language to write a Twitter in, what's the right tool for this job. It's like okay, well, I guess you're supposed to write it in Erlang. I don't know Erlang yet, so you know let me let me you know go go through a tutorial on Erlang and and get good at Erlang, and then I don't really like Erlang, and you know, like and then you come up with Rust. Ex- exactly right. So you, you end up in this. I would personally end up in this. Uh, I mean, it's it's essentially a yak shave, right? A, <laughs> a, a perfect yak shave, where at the end of it, I've got like some some half made sweaters and no actual product coming out of it. And the yak is kind of still around. I'm not sure where the yak goes in the analogy. Is it in the metaphor? I was just teasing you. Yeah. So there was this. I think it was called 180 websites in 180 days or something like that. And it was it was written or it was a project by Jennifer DeWalt, and she didn't know how to code. And she said, "I'm going to make 180 websites in 180 days." And she included a blog post every day. She wrote a blog post on what she had produced that day, and you, you can see it on the internet if you Google for it. And on day one, it was fairly rudimentary. You know, it's 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 like you know, I'm getting forms to work or I don't know exactly and and you know by by day 30 there's real things going on and by, by day 180 it's you know like pr- proper stuff but like that's discipline yeah. that I don't have yeah I mean it's it's discipline that every day you're gonna get a little bit better and a little bit better like right. um so but but I mean just just the discipline to keep doing it is insane it's like how, how do you not take you know day 31 off it's like well I'm gonna sit in my pajamas and watch the wire from start to finish well I'll, I'll tell I'll say two things um so when I bike cross country I, I did take every seventh day off very deliberately okay because you get burnt out right right even even God got burnt out yeah well, I mean that's a so you take I took the seventh day off and I went bike mm-hmm. and, and that was good because like I'd read a lot of journals of people who didn't take days off, and by the time they got like twenty days in, they were just like they'd drop out. Right, right. I know. Maybe, maybe she took days off. I, I don't actually know. Yeah, I mean, so you have to have a day off. But um, I remember I got about halfway through, and I had been keeping a blog. So this couple rode up on their bikes to hang out with me, which was pretty cool. Okay. And they said they liked biking, but they didn't think they could bike cross country because everybody they saw coming through looked so fit and so with it. Mm-hmm. And I said. Everybody you see who comes as far, <laughs> <laughs> right, has has been biking for like three months or something. Has gone halfway across the United States. Right, this right. was in Rugby, North Dakota. Okay, so like you did not see me. Yeah. Two days in, when you were dying and, and falling apart, and, and like you know, I was wearing canvas tennis shoes. Yeah. You know, and like I was. So so, so perhaps what you're saying is that 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 there's. Uh, there's many, many people who started 180 websites in 180 days, got got five days in. We're only seeing the one who came out the other side. Oh no, I was saying it more positively. Like you have to give yourself permission to be bad at the beginning of anything. Yeah, fair enough. Like you have to give yourself permission to be like, okay, I'm gonna get better every day I do this. Mm. And also, it's, it's very easy to say, 
Like, imagine if I had been as good as you know, Stallman or, or whatever. Like, you know, I'm 34. What, what could I have accomplished if I had that sort of, you know, discipline or, or ability, or if I'd started coding five years earlier or that sort of thing? And like this, yeah, you can't can't do that. Like, the past is gone. You can't fix it. So just like start today and and look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I think about what if I'd started a company in my in, a, in my 20s. Yeah, but I'm like, you can't. That, yeah, that door's. That door is not open anymore. Yep. I think people don't give themselves enough credit for how much better they get as they get older. Mm, yeah. My, my my one is um, what if I had pivoted my failed Y Combinator company into a developer tools company, like Paul Graham told me to? What would have happened then? And the answer actually is that was slightly too early for dev tools and slightly too early for the, like there to be a really good funding market. So I'd probably have died. Yeah, but maybe I mean. You can't A/B test life. Can you feature flag life? I haven't found the right library. I've I've tried various different personal productivity things, um, and the, the, there was one that, that I was telling you about earlier called the, the Pomodoro method. And so, so the idea here is is that you have a timer, and I think the word Pomodoro is picked for no particular good reason. And it's like a twenty-five minute timer, and then you take a thirty-minute, uh, sorry, a five-minute break. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I do that myself. I just set. Um, I'll set my iPhone and I'll do something because that that way it gives you the discipline to get it done with the knowledge that there's a break coming up. Okay, and in the Pomodoro method, I, I think the idea is that maybe you count the number of Pomodoros that you get in it that you do in a day. So the idea is like, oh, today today was a six Pomodoro day. Today was an eight Pomodoro day, and you're able to measure like, you know, how productive you are, and and then you have a number to optimize. Yeah, I find so I use it when there's something unpleasant I don't want to do because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll do this. Usually, it's cleaning up my house. Okay. And sometimes what I find is that once I start doing it, I get in the moment and I do much longer than the actual time given. Mm. Have you heard of structured procrastination? Uh, tell me more. So it was, it was a blog post written by maybe a Berkeley professor, and its title is, is "Structured Procrastination." And basically, what he says is he arranges things so that he works on the second most important thing. <laughs> so whatever the most important thing, there's a there's a deadline, there's gradings due, you know, whatever. It's like he can never motivate himself to work on that, but he can motivate himself to like work on anything else. And so the, he uses that to, to do the the other stuff that he's supposed to do. Interesting, but what about the actual stuff? Well, the, then you just need something of a higher priority. Uh, and then, and then the second place thing starts to look more compelling. <laughs> so how do the grades ever get done then? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, 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 a... maybe his anniversary dinner comes up, and then he's like, "Oh shit, I, I better get these grades done." <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I find it sad that he, he's not looking forward to his anniversary dinner. I mean, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I, I'm, I'm, I've no idea uh, whether he's even married. <laughs> I, I think it's funny because we've been doing this show for almost a year now, which is God. Yeah, I, time goes by. So we've talked a lot about productivity and personal productivity. I think the danger with the 10x theory mm-hmm. is that you can have people who are 10x productive and then are actually very destructive. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. There's so so. What, what part do you agree with? There's assholes everywhere, and and there's. I feel that. The culture amongst engineers in tech is often built from from the folklore of open source, and way back in the history, you have people who are assholes basically, 
and it, it correlates super strongly to the 10x developer. So Linus Torvalds is, is is one example. I think Stallman is is another example of people who lack certain social graces, and that becomes promoted as the way to be that person is is to lack the social grace. It's it's like if you wanted to be Jobs and and you started wearing turtlenecks. Yeah, it's it's, it's cargo cult. Yeah, coding. yeah, yeah. It's cargo cult assholery. Yeah, uh, that that developer is put on. And it's 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 ultimately very destructive. Like oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, so I another company I worked with, there was somebody who's kind of the to you know, oh, this person is a genius. Yeah, he gets away with being a jerk because he's a genius. And uh, it's funny because I I'm still friends with some of those people at his company, and he left about ten years ago. And they said after now looking back after he left, everybody else got a lot more done. Oh wow, well, yeah. All that that's like at the time it was like, oh, this person is a linchpin, nothing yep. will get done once he leaves. And after he left, everybody just kinda like it was like the the way they put it, it was like he was a redwood tree stunting the growth of everybody. Yeah. Cause everyone else is the shrubs in, in this metaphor. Yeah, or just like he would, you know, he would put people down, he would say that's right. not good enough. And I I mentioned in last week. The Rand Fishkin model of, of who to hire and who, or, or whether to fire someone, and like if someone is culturally bad, you fire them even if they're even if they're a 10x developer. Yeah, oh. and then there's something even more destructive. There's the the cowboy boss. What's a cowboy boss? Everybody who works for me is so stupid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Look yeah, at yeah. me saving the day. Oh. And the reason why this works is because the cowboy boss's managers. Mm-hmm. Are like wow, you know, we wouldn't have anything if this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I say guy, it could be a woman. You know, wasn't always saving the day, and it's like, well, why are you always? Yeah, well, how did they? How did they end up in a situation where where they had to save the day a lot? Yeah, and why yeah. is your team so incompetent that it's like right? You know, because you know, it's like because they're responsible for hiring them, presumably, and and for managing them and motivating them, and and yeah. But his 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 mo was. God, everything is so messed up. Luckily, mm. I'm here to fix it all. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And really, it was like, okay, everything is messed up because you're not mm. being a good leader. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to I, the, the painful Nam-like flashbacks of the times where I had to swoop in to save something, and it was always because I wasn't being a good leader. Like, yeah. like the thing that we absolutely must not ship. Or you know we can't ship it in this state or something like that, and you know that that's the sort of thing where you know if you swoop in at the last minute and it's that means that someone has put like tens of hours into it or hundreds, or hundreds, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and then you're coming in at the end and you're saying, uh, yeah, no, no, we're not, we're not doing this. Whereas if a, a much smaller amount of work had been done at the start, your product direction sets, vision alignment, you know, all all, all that all that. Management jazz that like you don't like to think is really important as an engineer, but as you know, as I became a better manager and a, and a better uh, I don't know team player in in the team apart from actually writing code, it became obvious that you can't just you know swoop in and do that. But I think that this is something that's again encouraged by the open source movement because the open source movement has a heavy emphasis on code review, right? Yeah, which it, is it's too late. Exactly, it's, it's it's too late, and there's and let me let me be clear about what I mean by too late. It's too late if to say this doesn't fit into the direction we want the product to go. Right, exactly. So, GitHub has built-in pull requests. There's no built-in roadmap. There's no built-in product direction. There's you know, you never go to a Git repository where there's 
a statement of, or I mean you occasionally see roadmaps on bigger projects but only on really well run bigger projects and that there's no like you know we'll, we want pull requests that do this mostly people have bugs in their issue tracker that people don't really triage and say you know we'd actually accept a bug on this and you know so like the thing that's encouraged is you arrive with code and in fact there's a saying that people use it's like code talks Ideas walk or something along those lines, and I'm butchering that. But yeah, I think the ideal and the the what actually happens are very different. I think the idea is that it's let me to go back to biology that it's basically something that's evolving on its own that you don't need direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so people are like, well, why do we need a roadmap? Mm-hmm. The good code will just arrive. And well, it's it's the bazaar. We're not yeah. making a cathedral here. Yeah, yeah, and, and then what happens is like the the code arrives and to go on. Like people are like, I mean. I, I don't really know whether this fits into the you know something something. So so what's happening is that there's an unstated vision. There's an unstated vision. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. So there's there's a vision and there's a roadmap. It's just not written down anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And when someone, I mean, someone comes in with a new vision, right? A new direction. And they've implemented it. Uh, yes. Right. Right. The 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 code is done. I, I I made a I made a pull request against Atom the other day the the Atom editor, and it's it's a new direction from from where they were going uh, with this particular component. But I should have known on on this component there were forty two open pull requests. Wow! Right, and mine got tagged about two days later as needs review, and we're now like five days, six days later, and and no 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 comments, no one's looked at it, and it's like I should have known. I should have known by by the state of of the the rest of the of of the pull request that this was going to go on deaf ears. I think this comes back to that there's always a process and a vision and a roadmap. It's whether or not it's explicitly stated and written down somewhere. Right. Like obviously, the maintainers of the project have some vision that yep. is not prioritizing that that area. Yeah. Presumably, that area is done in in some way. And and it's I think it's very frustrating for everybody. Oh yeah, you know, there's there's nothing that turns people away more than than they arrive, they contribute some code, and then like nothing happens. And I, I've I've been uh, the maintainer of several abandoned projects, right? And so someone comes in like three years after I wrote any code on it and has a contribution of some kind, and I don't remember that code. I I I have no- <laughs> you're like you're like my name is on this project. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I guess I wrote this. I I I, I must have. I've, I've written a lot of things. And it's worse when it's like something arcane, like the build system. Uh, and it's like, oh, I want to make this build. I, I got a couple of pull requests, like make a build on on CentOS or something like that. And so I don't have CentOS. I don't know anything about CentOS. And I don't know if the code that they're providing me. Is going to achieve anything? Is it going to achieve anything good? Is maybe there's bad things here? I don't really know. What do you do with that? And there's the vast majority of projects that they ignore it. And I saw a couple of projects where they default accept it. You make a pull request, we'll accept it. Okay, so we, we've gotten we've gotten quite a bit off off topic. Should we just like trail off awkwardly here? <laughs> <laughs> that would be your usual mo because you're not a finisher. Mm, I think that's why. Yeah, let's, let's pick this up uh, next episode. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Mm-hmm.